0: Welcome to Younger Older, I'm Dave Wager, your host here with Aiden in the studios of relay 365com If you listen to this program often, you realize that what we're trying to do is promote a conversation between generations, and hopefully you're having these on your own, in your home, with friends, but you should try and hang out with people who are not a part of your generation in order to hear what they're saying, not because they're right, but because of the perspective that you can gain from it. Uh, you have had a chance this year, Aiden, to talk to people who are older than you. You you were mentored by somebody here at Nicolay Bible Institute. Um, you've had teachers like myself and others. Uh, have you found that the age difference has been good for you?
1: I found out that the age is actually very useful. I'm getting a different perspective. Like when I talk to people my age, a lot of them are growing up and seeing the same things I'm seeing on the news and the media. But when I talk to people that I've lived through, things already have gone through things and just, you know, the history in the past, you know, like one thing that I always like talking about, um, it's interests me is nine 11. You know, I can't really sure. talk to anyone my age to get a good understanding of it. I have to talk to someone that actually witnessed it and was a part of it, but also just with the age comes experience. They definitely speak with experience here. They definitely speak that they know, the proper way to do things and the proper way to go about it and just the proper etiquette and that we're like, I'm still learning, you know, and I know everyone's still learning, but I definitely can tell that people with age have a more experience and more understanding of how to go about certain things, which is helpful for me when I'm learning it myself and I'm learning to go about it when they've already gone through it.
0: Right. You know, I've said so often that I don't think I'm smarter than any of our students. I'm just more experienced at this point. And so you share your experience with people. And the real fun part, really, in life is the fact that you and I have perspectives. God doesn't. We're trying to figure out truth. And when you have people around you with different perspectives, you get a lot of different angles to look at. And the more angles you get to look at when you open the Bible and you try and discover truth, it helps you discover what truth is. So being in discussions with people is good. But if you have a discussion with me and you think whatever I say is the same as the Bible, you're wrong. Whatever I say, I say. From a guy 65 years old talking to a younger man, this is what my life has shown me. This is what my experience has been. But it doesn't mean I'm right. And and you positioning yourself to actually be around people who are older, that's a healthy thing. And I encourage anyone that's listening you should have somebody in your life that you can just sit and talk to about anything that you're thinking about, who loves God and can guide you to what God has said so that you can find truth. Um, before we took this uh, break, before before in the last program we were talking, we were talking about the dilemma between the government telling us something, for example, in military telling you maybe to go out and kill somebody and you don't feel like you should kill somebody or I don't know where you stand on that. We talked a little bit about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his dilemma during the time of Hitler. Uh, let me let me just start there again. Do, do you think it was right to be in on a plot to take Hitler out?
1: I I would say yes. Um, okay. I think the understanding and the reason behind it was not selfish and not out of well, it may have been out of hatred, I don't fully know, but I don't think that it was for his own personal gain. I don't think that he was going and doing it for, you know, big awards or big ceremonies or whatever. I think he was just doing what he thought was right. So in that was time.
0: that not murder?
1: That was... The well, uh,
0: they never got him, so it wasn't yes. murder. But, I mean, if they would have got him?
1: The idea behind it, if we're looking at it, I believe it would have been classified as murder because I don't... Because when... When it comes to like the military and them, you know them having being put in a situation to kill someone, it's not they don't want to be there. Like a lot of those people don't want to take the life, but they're signed up, so they got to do what about? So him coming at it and him doing it, where he had the opportunity just to avoid all the other, I believe that would be considered murder, and I I personally see it as murder.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I I I think this is an interesting discussion because I am thankful for those who are in the military who went through the military, who made sure our freedom was secured, and many of them had to do things that I think are totally unquestionably hard in life, and things where they really had to follow orders, but if they would have thought through it too long, maybe they wouldn't have done that, but they needed to in order to secure the victory. Now, I know that sounds like I'm talking in circles, but uh, I am not one. I am totally 100% for uh, people to own guns, concealed carry I'm fine with, but I don't. And I don't because I don't think I could use it. But I'm not against somebody using it. I hope that makes sense. That's a weirdness uh, in my head. And it's not just because um, I don't want to be one accused of murder someday. It's because I don't think I have the personality to actually do it. I think I would have the personality to stand in front of a gun. I would have the personality to go after the guy without a gun or whoever, uh, I just don't think I would use a gun myself. Now I do have hunting guns, and I do hunt, and and that's fine. Uh, it's just different when you're talking about people. But let's let's keep talking about your dilemma in in the military. What is your dilemma exactly? Because it sounds like you're thinking like I am. Like it could be, but maybe not. But maybe should be. Maybe you should listen. Maybe you shouldn't listen. Um, what do you think? Like
1: when it comes to the like the killing in in the military or just the murder or, or going about it. Um, I know uh, one of my things that my dad has told me that I really appreciate is to talk to people that have gone to the military. If you plan on doing it yourself, you and your media and whatever you can find will never get a true example of what the military is like. You know, you can do all the searching, all the looking you want online, but you cannot truly find anything as close as to the stories that I've been told by asking veterans. And, I really appreciate that and a story that sticks out to me uh I've I've known him for a while uh, he served in Vietnam and he he he, he was a uh, marine recon he he made the lines you know he went and he went out to find the enemy he he will never talk about what he saw or what he did he do, he would only talk about of how he went how he got over it he came back with PTSD and uh, therapists did not work for him and they didn't work, you know, just due to how it was going about and just, it wasn't his style. He ended up making wooden figurines of what he saw and what he did and put in a box and he burned the box to help him get over it. And from what I've heard, it was not a small box and, and that he's living with that, you know, that's something he has to live with. And he's living with, he's living with, he had to, kill people he did not want to kill people he that was not what he was going there for that's not what he was doing he he thought he was fighting for you know the mil- the government you know the right. go- yeah and he did not want to kill people but the position he was put in he had to and and i'm wondering if people active in the military if they have convictions against doing that should they do it? They don't have the heart. They're not there to kill people. That's not what's driving them. That's not what they're there. But they are there, and they do have convictions against of what they're just told to do. So what are they to do? Are they going to to do something that they're convicted that they should not do? Or are they going to take the punishment from our government and yeah. our law for not doing it? Because they they've signed their... I don't want to say their life over, but they signed their time over in that area. If they have four years, their four years, they basically have little to no say of what's happening. Right. So.
0: Well, a couple of things that come to my mind. First of all, I'd be very careful if I'm going to sign up for something to realize what I'm signing up for. And if your conviction is such where you really live in a dilemma where you don't want to get in that position, you need to know that ahead of time and not sign up for it. Um, and I think that that is the wisest thing to do is to know where your limits are in your mind and be able to live within the conviction of that. But I think too, that your, your thought process is close to right, but the bottom line is, I think you focus on the wrong thing. The focus isn't really on shooting and killing people. The focus is on maintaining the freedoms in the United States and defending the homeland. That's the focus now again the the question i would have for you if i'm a military person is would you be willing to do what's necessary for that not not are you willing to go and kill somebody because the goal is never to kill i mean you look at the united states and the armed forces here's my thought on it through the years is that they have spent so much time money energy planning to try and minimize damage when they're in war i mean these smart bombs they have and these, these missiles that can pinpoint, you know, one building where, where it doesn't blow up the rest of the neighborhood. You know, I mean, I think our military has done everything that they possibly can to try and minimize casualties of people that they don't want to hurt. However, there are people who end up in jail one day. There are people like Saddam Hussein. There are people like Hitler. And what is the answer for those people? That is the question. I mean, do you think people should go to jail if they commit murder? Yes. Okay. So there's a line you draw somewhere that says this person should have their freedoms taken away from them. And, and everyone, every culture does that. This particular activity, going around murdering people, whatever it might be, that is not acceptable. And so they shouldn't be doing that because if they murder people, they take their freedom to live away. That's not right because you can't get that back. So we lock them up. Well, it must be that there's a line in the sand for foreign dictators as well, where we say, this can't be, this isn't healthy and we have to fix it, you know, wherever that is. But I think if you focus on the right thing, I think if you focus on the fact that you as an individual get to defend the people of the United States. You get to defend the freedoms that we have. You get to defend the fact that we get to do a Christian broadcast from Relate365.com. And not, oh, I need to murder somebody. Because maybe you won't in the four years you're there. Maybe you'll have to go and give a presence of strength, but not hurt anybody. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I know there's so many different jobs in the military. Can't you go, if, if you want to be in the military, can, can you go and... And tell them this is my hesitation. And do they have places where you wouldn't be involved in that?
1: Yes. Uh, to my, I've talked to a decent amount of recruiters, and they're always very respectable and honoring. And I really appreciate what they do, and just the idea, and you know, seeing them and seeing other veterans. I, that's kind of one of the reasons why I want to give back. And yes, there are plenty of jobs out there that I can do. Um, the only like the hiccup that I have is that is um uh there are soldiers and troops everywhere and they're doing what needs to be done and doing something that needs to happen. It's just some of them are just standing somewhere, you know, watching a post and when I think of the military and serving and giving back to the country, that's not my depiction of it. That's not how I see myself that's not yeah, that's not how I see myself doing it. I like I the people standing and posts and places that is something that's needed, I that will always be needed. I just don't see myself there in that environment. I I feel like... Yeah.
0: Well, maybe that's not for you, then. However, I might add that you're here at Silver Birch Ranch. You're a part of Nicolay Bible Institute. You're going to stay another year as an intern. You do know that we expect you to do whatever is necessary to get the job done. Yes. They may be jobs you don't like.
1: I understand, but I'll, yeah. I will get them done. Okay.
0: That's kind of like the military right yeah. there. Because we have a job to do here. And so you might be asked, and have you been asked, to plunge toilets? Yes. And and, and to clean up after people and do things that you wouldn't necessarily put on your list of, I, I aspire to do this one day. In fact, you know, I've never met anybody who said I want to be a professional plunger in life. I, I've just never met anyone that wants to. But there's plenty of times you have to plunge a toilet. So it's one of those weird things where one of the skills I think developed young people need to develop, is a willingness to do anything even if we don't like it. Because it's necessary. And if you think about that in life, I mean, think about it. Is, is changing a dirty, smelly diaper ever enjoyable? No, but we do it. And we do it lovingly, and, and we're glad to do it. There are just things in life that we look at and say, not good, not, do not like this, and then we go in and do it. And I think possibly any job is that way. And I think especially the military is that way, because uh, I I don't know how the military trains people, but I know how God works on things. God has made you, Aiden, to be a a very specific person that has a very specific giftedness, whatever that is. All right, And in that, you're going to find that one day when you find it, it's just like you're not working at all. It's just something that God put in you. You love doing it. It's something that Good for you. You found what God put you on this planet to do. I hope you do it. It may involve making a lot of money. It may involve making no money. You know, I have no idea. But in the process, what's happened is you've been evaluating what God has made you to be, and you start performing in that. Now, I would think the military looks at a guy like you, and they come in and says, here's what we think you're really good at, and here's where we want to put you, or a coach on a football team or a coach on a basketball team would do the same. Here's what I really think you're good at. Here's what, here's how we should use you to the best of your ability. Kind of like I'm not much of a basketball player. I was a football and hockey player. And when my buddies would recruit me to play basketball, they had a devious motive behind it. It was so I would foul out by halftime. And they would put me on the best player on the other team to wear them out. Just to hit them and do things that I did naturally. Then I began to realize, you don't want my skill or my ability. And it was, oh, yes, we do. Just your skill isn't making baskets, your skill isn't dribbling. Your skill is it's your big body that knows how to get in the way. And that's what we want for you. And I, I was insulted by that until I realized, oh, they're right. That is my skill. And so I offered it generously to them. And that became a lot more fun playing basketball than trying to put this other burden on that I need to be the scorer or the dribbler or whatever, whatever those other positions do. And, uh, and I think in life, it's the same way for you. Um, have you decided for sure on a a military future or not yet?
1: I have not. Uh, the door is, I got, like I said earlier, there's multiple doors that are always going to be open. And I believe the military is one of the doors that I've, like see is always wider open because I I feel I'm very patriotic and I want to give back. And I think that is one of the best ways I can give back. Um, I know people that are in the military and a lot of them would say that they would do it again. Yes, there are, but the lessons they've learned and then the people they were a part with and, uh, and affected them and they were able to affect them back, they would, they would give up a whole lot of stuff to be able to do that again if they could.
0: Yeah. You know, well, I appreciate a couple of things, and I appreciate your respect for the military, your respect for those who have fought for us to have the freedoms we have, and even your consideration of being a part of that team that would go out and make sure that the freedoms remain. And anyone that's young listening, i I hope that I hope that you too feel a sense of responsibility to the people of this country to continue to allow us to be free and to, and to be able to disagree in a civil way and to be able to pursue things of God and not be hampered by that. It's an important part of who we are, and I'm proud of you for even thinking about it. Uh, in the Bible, there's a, a time where somebody wanted to know the will of God, and they laid out fleeces. What do you think about doing something like that? What would fleeces look like if you did believe in it?
1: I think fleeces would look like today maybe like career choices. Do I go down option A or do I go down option B? Both of them are very appetizing and appealing to the eye, but which one to go down? And I'm, and to my, I actually kind of do it. I'm actually kind of doing it right now. I got option A, I got option B. I'm not sure which one to go down. So I'm kind of at this moment where both of the doors look nice the way they are. Both of the doors are both wide open. And I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm kind of stalled at the moment. I feel like if I make a move towards A over B that I'm closing the door to B when both of them have qualities and aspects that I want. So I feel like I'm kind of just sitting here twiddling my thumbs like.
0: Hmm. Well, it's interesting because if you go to the Bible and look at people who are successful, all right, let's take a look at a few. Maybe the, the arguably one of the greatest leaders of all time was Moses. How did he get there?
1: Uh, he got there because of, uh, God put him in a God put him to be there, you know. Like he was just a he was just a guy that took care of sheep, and then one day, hey, God wanted him to be to be the leader of his people, so God made him the leader of the people. Yeah, it's
0: it's interesting because you back that bus up a little more. He was born during a time where they were killing people his age. Yes. Okay, that's where it started. Then his his mom hit him. And his mom got to take care of him for a little bit. Whatever he learned, he learned with his mom at a very young age and then eventually he became, you know, in Pharaoh's family. Very interesting. And he was there for about 40 years, made some mistakes. And it looks like, oh, what'd you do that for Moses? You're in a key position to change Egypt. Well, he does anyway, down the road, just not that way. And it might be to the point of what we talked about last program, and I encourage people to go to relate365.com and, and download the podcast. But Moses then was, was, you know, killed somebody and got in you know, shouldn't have done what he did probably, or, you know, that was, God knew it, so he already had this plan made out. So he went to the desert for 40 years. So this guy's 80 years old, 40 years in a in a palace, 40 years living in dirt. And then God goes, comes to him in a burning bush and says, you know, why don't you go lead my people out of, you know, Egypt? And, uh, and we know the rest of it, great leader. Now, when I look at that, I think, Moses had to take advantage of, the situation he was in and looking for God to work and then listen to him when God was clear. And, and I think it's the same thing. How many years did he serve in Pharaoh's um, uh, palace? Do you remember? Um, it was 40. Yeah. How many years in the desert?
1: I believe also 40.
0: 40. Do you think every day he got up wondering if this is what God had for him to be a shepherd the rest of his life? He was in the palace. But then this burning bush thing, once again, we go to the idea of get up every day, do what's right, and be looking for God to guide you and lead you. And all of a sudden, you might see a burning bush one day. You know, I mean, I can't tell you, you know, when that will happen. Or look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How'd they get where they were? They were prisoners, they were taken in war. How, it doesn't get more crazy than that. And all they did, in fact, they got taken and they refused to eat the food of the king because it wasn't right. So they continued to do what's right. Eventually, they were the guys the kings depended on because they continued to do what's right and they earned the confidence. Eventually, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to walk in fire. Daniel got to sleep with lions. It didn't happen on day one. And I'll bet you there were plenty of days they were going, what in the world's going on here? We've got captured. How in the world is God going to use any of us? We got captured, we're now in this enemy territory, they're training us, they're trying to brainwash us, we've said no to the king, we got away with it once, and now, you know, so th- there's lessons there. I don't, I don't know if you pick up on that, but hey, what do you think?
1: Well, like, one of the things that, like, dawned on me is when you were talking about Moses, you know, he had his 40 years in the palace and he had, then he had the 40 years as a shepherd and then he was to be used, kind of like it was, like, planned out. So I guess like like a thing that came to to my mind is do we have a choice or is it already planned out by God? Like you said er, earlier, God is all sovereign, God is all knowing, and yes, I do believe that God knows the exact route of our life every second of every moment. But does that take away from the choice that we get if we're going, if we're like? Example, if we're walking down a road and you know, just for fun, we can go left or right. Does God already know we're going to walk left, so we're just going to walk left and there's not really a choice? Or do we get to the road and we actually have that choice, just God already knows which one we go down?
0: That's the dilemma, isn't it? I mean, honestly, when you look at it, here, here's, here's what I tell people, that yes, you have real choice, you do, and God is sovereign. And bottom line is, I don't think you and I or anybody can actually grasp the idea— that God is timeless and he's already in the future. We cannot understand that. So we can't, since we can't get our mind around it, how do we respond to somebody who knows the future? I mean, how is free will work when somebody knows the future and can rearrange the future before we ever make the decision based on the decision we make? And is the choice then we have real? And my thought is yes, it is. And the reason is not because of my ability to understand everything, because certainly I can't, but the reason is because love is tied to it. When God describes himself as love, God is love, meaning that I have actual choice, because if I didn't have choice, it wouldn't be love. Love demands choice, when you think about it. Real choice with real consequences. So I'll ask you this. Did Adam and Eve have a real choice to follow God or not? Yes. They chose not to. And God told them, if you choose not to, here's the penalty. Did that happen? Yes. Yes, because they chose not to. Did God already have a plan in place because they chose that? Yes. Yes. So there, there's what we're talking about right there. Now, what some would like to say is that man doesn't really have choice then. Because God's already, no, regardless of what Dave Wager does, regardless of what Aiden does, God's going to win at this thing. He's going to win in the end. And it would be the smartest thing for me to align myself with what he's doing and not try and and say, okay, I'm going to not align it and see if you still win God and see if you can still manipulate the circumstances. He's going to win, with or without me. And you've heard me say this a billion times maybe. God doesn't need you. He wants you. He's going to win. So why don't you align with him and just go with him? this makes sense or yeah. get more confusing?
1: Yeah, this makes sense.
0: Good. You know, so as far as a fleece goes, you know, I love telling people, uh, you know, I've, I've said this in class, so sometimes I'm thinking I already told you, but I guess we're talking to a bunch of other people right now. Um, I'm not sure that God always opens doors for people because I'm not sure the door was open for Moses when his mother put him in a basket and threw him in a river.
1: Well, I don't think anyone has a door open at that point. You don't yeah. really walk or say anything at that point.
0: Yeah, and in, in fact, the door open idea is kind of like, what's the easy way? And yet I read that the way of following God is the narrow way and the hard way. And the, you know, What if the door needs to be knocked down that God has? What if that's the case? I mean, did Nehemiah have an open door? Remember, he went to the king. The king, you know... He had to tell the king, I'm sad in your presence because the wall of my city is torn down. He didn't have any resources. He didn't have anything. He he went out on a limb. Um, you know, you look in the Bible, it, it's someone like Ruth. Does she have an open door? Her husband died. She's with her her mother-in-law. She's trying to take care of him. She's with a guy, you know, in a farm that, that that's taking care of her. There was no open door there. She just got up every day and did what was right. It, it was right to care for her mother-in-law. That was right. It was right to look for a place where she could glean, so they could have food. That was right. And that's what I encourage you to do every day. Get up and do what's right every single day. And while you're doing what's right, let God then manipulate the circumstances so that you find what you're supposed to be doing. At the end of your life, you can look back on it and go, that was a thrill. I mean, my life was... Now you won't like every moment of it. You're still going to plunge toilets and do things you don't like to do. I mean, there's still things in life that you go, "Yes, don't like that. I still don't like death. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a funeral in a couple of days here of a dear friend. Death is still tough. There's no one that's going to look at it and say, "Death is a great thing." But I do know that one day, God defeats the sting of death completely, because one day, there will be no more death. We're going to live the way it was meant to be. We're going to be able to be with him. Those who have their trust in Jesus Christ will never, ever experience, after they die in this earth, they will never experience life the way it's not meant to be again. We will only live in the way it's meant to be at that point, and that will be for eternity. So my friend, if you're listening and you're not a part of God's family, I invite you, go to John chapter 3 and read what Jesus said to Nicodemus, and understand that he so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that's what God said is he has no desire to punish people. He actually wants to love people. I do thank you for listening. This is Dave Wager coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com with Aiden this week, and we look forward to coming to you again in the future. In the meantime, we invite you to go browse the websites. Relate365.com, SilverBirchRanch.org, or NikolaiBibleInstitute.org. We look forward to serving you and your family in the days to come. Goodbye for now.